0: We're in the business of thinking of everything and dressing it up and making it seamless and and, and, you know what I mean? So whatever this looks like on the other side, limited number of guests in the dining room, six feet apart from one another, whatever the safety rules and regs are that we have to abide by, it's our job to just find out amazing, awesome, super sexy ways to provide those.
1: This is Food at a Radio, is all dressed up and has no place to go. Many restaurant owners have had to close their restaurants. Michael Muser is still working on opening one. Muser and Chef Curtis Duffy's Ever is under construction as we speak in the West Loop. And so Muser is not only still building a restaurant on the assumption that we'll soon be able to go and sit in one for two or three hours. He's trying to anticipate what ultra high-end dining will be like in the post-coronavirus era. Will we eat with gloves? Sanitizer on the table? Masks? Who knows? So although this is supposed to be a shelter-at-home podcast recorded by phone and Skype, when Muser texted me to come see Ever, I grabbed my N95 mask and raced down there for a tour, and to see what he thinks the new cool in dining out will be. But first, please subscribe to Food at a Radio at the podcast app of your choice, and leave us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. Now here's my tour with Michael Muser on location at Ever. I'm inside Ever. I've read a lot about the restaurant, the way you enter through a space modeled on desert canyons, pluck food from the ceiling, and then make your way to a dining room defined by swooping walls and computer designed soundproofing textures. Actually, I'm the one who wrote about that part. But I haven't been inside the space yet. So this is my first chance to see one of the most widely anticipated restaurants in America as it steams ahead toward an opening that no one knows when it will be. The first thing I see is a 15 foot wooden wall slats with plexiglass in between them, being ready to be hoisted into place.
2: Hello there.
1: Keep it dancing tonight. This will be
0: cool because they're gonna wrench it up. Meaning the thing weighs like fucking 800 pounds. Yeah, I can believe that.
2: Uh, they had them at
0: one point. This is just the best shit that no one ever gets to, you know what I mean? Like the complicated nature of just these stupid things over here is so a psycho amount of detail. They built them in the shop and then tried to transport them over already constructed. It's one of the many reasons why we have a fucking 14-foot hole in the PDR wall right now, <laughs> is so that we could get these kinds of things in, because bent, twisted versions of these are going up into these slats. Right. Into
1: the
2: ceiling, right? I'm just trying to talk to different people who are experiencing this in different ways. Oh, no, I completely agree. In the agree. middle of r- building a restaurant is definitely a different way. Oh, it's. A, I can tell you this. It's been a... Uh,
0: it's the most bizarre thing it's so bizarre It's so different All of my friends are going through this in the in, in, at the exact same level but they were up and running and they went through it in their their way they had to let their they had to watch their family members inside their restaurant depart and and in the future but for all of us the future is so such a big question mark for us we didn't have a restaurant yet but we're like 70 percent of the way through when the covid shutdown really hit and yet construction is an essential trade as long as you keep everyone away from each other and everyone's all masked up and so on and so forth so we're following all of those rules so this this amazing thing that i've been working on now for three years is i'm we're, we're getting pretty close to give birth to it uh
2: if you can
0: but for who who who's gonna eat here yeah i don't know yet i you know what i mean let me turn this thanks um let me take you to the front i'll walk you through as a guest
2: yeah i was trying not to pay attention on my way in so i could have that experience
1: we return to the entryway glass doors that lead inside to the restaurant
0: so glass came in the other day which was a big deal for us Right, I mean, doing something like this, there are my favorite term right now, task dependencies. There's just, you know, like, what are you task dependent on? And, uh, you know, you're trying to do your job, but you can't do 25 port versions of it until, or parts of it until someone does their job. So you're totally task dependent on the millwork or a plumber or drywall getting done and taped and finished and all that kind of stuff. So mapping out and working all the task dependency issues is kind of where we're at, which is usually where you end up when you end up in finishes, all of the really nice things, the wall treatments, and you know that's usually when the m- big artists kind of come in, like the guy that's doing our, uh, our our kind of eroded canyon walls and the glass guy and these mill workers that are here installing all this stuff. And the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And the ceiling. Did you see the ceiling in its boxes?
2: No. so great, Mike. I'm so happy you're here, you get to see this. Look at the fucking ceiling. No one has has written more about your ceiling than me. I know. Oh, down there. And there's like
0: like 26 more boxes. It it covers that whole side over there. But we can't
2: install it until
0: the millwork is finished and installed because the millwork disappears up into the ceiling. Right. At every angle of the restaurant. So you can't really can't hurry it. Yeah. The ceiling is task dependent on the millwork getting installed and the millwork getting installed was task dependent on the guy doing the walls and finishing those. So this is front service area here and uh, trust me when I tell you that all the FOH myself and Amy and Jeff, we're all working on like how how this will change how this process will be modified. You know? We're we're in the business of thinking of everything and dressing it up and making it seamless and, 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 and you know what I mean? So whatever this looks like on the other side, limited number of guests in the dining room, you know, six feet apart from one another, whatever the safety rules and regs are that we have to abide by, it's our job to just find out amazing, awesome, super sexy ways to provide those in an effortless, effortless fashion. So when the client walks in and, they ha- and we all have to, you know, do what we need to do to keep each other safe, that all of that's allotted to. So we weren't thinking this, obviously, in this area prior <laughs> to COVID, <Yeah. laughs> but now when you enter the, store, the, 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 the storefront doors into this foyer area, you know, we're gonna make sure, we have a custom fabricated table built right here With our Ever logo kind of reverse embossed into the plaster that goes on, because this is gonna look like one of those cave walls, basically. And a really awesome tabletop up here, and I promise you, it will have everything you need to make yourself feel okay before you open that door and actually enter this restaurant. So it's gloves, masks. What? Sanitizer. Mike, I can promise you, if it makes you feel good, I will have it. If it makes you feel safe, and it makes you feel comfortable, and, you know, it makes you it makes you feel like whatever sets you at ease. That's
2: our job.
0: It's our job to set people at ease. So, you know, we're just having to modify it and and be creative and try and imagine what things will be like in three to four months. Yeah. If and when. Yeah. If and when. They don't know anything about that. Or, you know, slowly start to crack it open. So the greet is in this area. And then... Walk down this path, here. This is where food dangles from the ceiling at. Yeah, and then, well this corner section here, which is totally cut out, uh, it changes, right? So when this is finished, all you will know of the space is that eroded canyon wall, very rock and stone, you can see that. Ceiling is done is gonna be done in the exact same fashion. It's a very kind of echoey experience uh you know as if you're walking through a kind of a cavey wall experience and then you come to this area in here and the thing just completely changes from from head to toe everything in this area here is full millwork. it's a very soft environment and it's in this area here where we will explore hitting the pause button prior to you walking into the dining room and having a bite of some kind We'll make sure that what we're offering in this room is totally kosher for everyone, you know. We'll make all the moves and take all the mystery out of it so that when you want to eat something, feel good about it, you know. Um, but yes, the, the, the emotional side of this was to, you know, in, in, in our experience, when people show up to a thing like this, they're very like excited about it. And people are often, believe it or not, they're kind of nervous when they get in. They have no idea what's coming. They have no idea what to expect. And we like to set them at ease prior to them hitting that chair in the dining room. And so this is kind of like an effort of us to kind of Willy Wonka them, you know, just stop, have fun, pluck a thing off the wall, look up, look up. There's stuff hanging from the, above you. Ping, bong, 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 you know what I mean? You have these little bites and nice little fun moment. And then Mater D continues to walk you down this path. You go down this cave wall,
2: gets all crazy narrow
0: here, and then it opens up and kind of jettisons you into the dining room. And this is that line that, I, that you and I spoke of months and months ago, where it goes from this hard, kind of poured concrete flooring, and then you hit that carpet, and that's when the ceiling will also kind of come into play. And the room doesn't open, like it doesn't, it's not open like this, it's not because the millwork, these millwork pieces, as you can see, which are that big, that they're just bent around, it cut the room up so you don't it doesn't just open itself up. You'll walk in and this will block your kind of view and you'll need to kind of go around and explore it.
2: All right, so it was like that before though that people were kind of isolated from each other in the dining room.
0: I don't I mean, it's the weirdest of things, Mike, but we are that we the things that people are ta- that that we're all kind of assuming and talking about, restaurants will come back to life in the next month or two, 3 months, okay, sure what will they look like? Limited seating, limited capacity in the dining room, a fair amount of space in between the clients, table by table, um, even at the table, a fair amount of, you know what I mean, comfortable distance or whatever. I'm describing to you just about any fine dining, any any dining room I ever did, by myself, because I protect the service experience, which means you have to have an enormous amount, a lot of square footage around the tables because the, the guests need to get, or the, the, the staff need to be able to serve from the right on all angles of the table. Does that make sense? Sure. So if I have a round table, I can't throw it up against the wall so I can squeeze another one next to it. It blocks service patterns. So what I'm telling you is in this 6,200 square foot space, we have 14 tables. That's how many tables this restaurant has 14 tables. There's well more than six feet in between every single one of those tables. And the tables themselves are huge. They're huge because the china that gets sat down in front of each client is really big. Some of the pieces are like massive record sized plates. So you need space for that. And then there are wine pairings, almost always with these experiences. And those wine pairings build up over the experience. And it goes from one to six glasses to eight glasses. And the staff sets them in a really cool kind of crescent half moon shape and keeps them all clean and organized for the client. That's done so that the client can go back and revisit the wine that they had at course one or two or three or four, and then go back to wine number nine because they want to kind of bounce them back off of each other. All of this nonsense I'm describing requires a very large table for very few people at it. You just don't have the room to stack people at these tables. So these 14 tables are usually sat with two to four clients per table, usually, right? Spread out throughout the dining room. The other thing that we have to do, because it's a tasting menu experience, is it's not my choice. I would love to be able to throw 90 covers into a dining room like ours at one time. But you can't do that, because it's a tasting menu experience. So the way the kitchen works is course by course, goes station by station, and it makes its way around the station. If I take 60 at one time, then someone's gonna look over at course number one guy and go, hey, pick up 60 crab. And that guy's gonna go, and I quit. Or I can give you two and then four, and then two, and then two. You can't do that, right? So restaurants like ours have what we call the flow, right? It's just the the, the way we take reservations. And the way we take reservations, like eight eight to 10 guests an hour can come into this dining room. At a nice, slow, dripped rhythm. So that when the orders come into the kitchen, you're looking at that course one crab guy, and you're only asking him to do things that he's actually capable of doing, which is give me two by four by four, by two, okay? Not, give me 60. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's the most that'll sit in the table? Uh,
0: well, we have six tops, but we'll see if there are ever six tops. I don't know. No one knows. Like, it's the craziest of things. Even the, the kings of our industry, which you and I both know well, right? We know these people that have, you know, multiple restaurants, 15, 25, 35, hundreds of restaurants in some cases. No one knows. No one knows the answer to any of this stuff right now. We have no idea what's to come. We're all waiting to watch Channel 5, to watch Pritzker get on and say some stuff. You know? We're all waiting. Scary, man. You know? It's super scary. And the weird part, as we were talking about before, in this particular position, is that yeah, we didn't have a thing that was already out there that we had to shut. We like. It's just weird to continue to pour everything you got into a thing. And then once it's finished, you're kind of going, and then we'll see what happens then. Goal right now, finish it. Finish it, make it the best, most beautiful thing you've ever done in your life. Whatever comes after that, we'll deal with step by step. We'll we'll go step by step. Did you see back here? I have not. Well, this is the back of the house operation. So you'll have like, you know, large table there. You'll have like three tables going this way. You'll have a big table in between these two structures here. There's an
2: awesome little
0: banquet deuce tucked into this corner over here. Uh, another one that matches it right around the corner over there. Um, you know, Ubby. will be, And then behind this wall, is kind of where everybody actually works.
1: We enter a room that looks a lot like the kitchen at Grace, but there's no cooking equipment next to the long counter in the middle.
0: So this is a you know, all the receiving and everything, all the deliveries come through this door here. The dock is just to the left hand side of that. So they'll come in this door and then this is kind of what we're calling a receiving pass. It's just this huge stretch of stainless steel with a bunch of sinks and storage in all sides of it. Because if there was one problem with this location, from minute one is storage, 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 storage. Where are we gonna put all our stuff? Where's all this stuff go? Uh, So I think we did a really good job, but we're not gonna know that until until you kick the tires. So
2: what happens on the top of this thing? Is it prep or? Yeah,
0: it's prep essentially, Mike. It's all receiving. So you can see like, uh, chef put in knife drawers for all the guys, which are locked. Um, So each cook, will have their own spot where they can stash all their hardware. Um, Storage, storage, storage. There's sinks and three compartments and stuff on on top of this. And then it switches from stainless steel to millwork. This millwork will receive stone countertops. Everything you see is all dripping, dripping in stone. It's all rock everywhere. So the server station countertops, beautiful stone. This has all got stone that waterfalls over the front of it. The old spice rack is now here. It sits over here, so all those spices and herbs are all stored on the front side of this. On the back side of this is the service bar. That room right there is red wine cellar. That cooler right there is for white wine walk-in. And this entire wall back here, this whole wall is all reach-in coolers. It's a walk-in cooler, and then we had custom fabricated sheet tray slider shelves so that you could use them just like a reach-in and put 50 sheet trays in it, because that's usually how they work offices back here um oh look at that they're starting to drywall uh, i love it
2: those little niches yeah that's where you take your picture with curtis
0: i think so i think so we're working on some other stuff uh but yeah until then i mean er, like again we'll 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 see what what the world looks like you know what i mean when we reopen restaurants and all that kind of stuff but yeah, as always, when your experience is over, you are always offered a tour to see anything you want. You know, when you, when you buy a ticket to take this ride, you get everything. There's nothing is going to, there's, we're not going to hold back at all. So you want to see the kitchen? You want to see the back of the house space? You want to see how this place works? You want to see the fun little Nietzsche things that we built to make it happen? I am really excited to show you. <laughs> because the past two and a half years of my life have been you know, making these little calls. And so they're fun to show. So yes, when the guest is done, they're offered a tour. If they want to say hi to Chef really quick, absolutely. I'll take them from the dining room. We'll go back into that service area back there, show them some fun stuff back there that we've made, come around to the kitchen, come in and say hi to Chef, and then exit out this way. But we also have like, we're not really exactly sure what we're going to do with that little lowered moment there, but that might be a nice little stopping moment too for clients.
2: Which one? Right here. This little moment right here. Ah. Because this is stone. You can't see it, but
0: it's the same stone that's on the kitchen countertops. And it's nice. It's beautiful. It's really fleshy, veiny, white stone.
2: So this is like a pass. It's like a little window into the kitchen. Kind
0: of, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what we'll do here, but this was another moment of, you know, they want to say hi to chef, or they want to see what's going on in the kitchen, or they want to get an eye into the kitchen. Because this kitchen is not exposed to the dining room. It's totally muted out by all the window treatment that goes in front of the kitchen. So there will be a window, and it will glow, but you can see how the striping and the, the etched moments inside the glass cut everybody out. So you can't really see in the kitchen until you actually get back here. And then
2: private dining room sits right over here. In contrast to Grace, where the kitchen was kind of on display kind for of everything.
0: We really wanted to get away from that. We wanted to get away from that. It was fun. I'm glad we did it. You know, that whole concept was driven right where it should have. We, I wanted a big aquarium where, you know, all the chefs would swim back and forth like orcas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, don't put your foot in. Just look through the glass. But what, thank you, brother. Sure. Um, but what that ended up being, essentially... Hey, Chef de Cuisine, Justin Selk, how are you? Hey
2: yeah, yeah, there, how are you? doing?
0: was the last time you saw Mike Ebert? Uh,
2: with the well, podcast. Also, yes, also recorded. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mike and I don't do anything unless there's microphones on now. Sorry. We're, We're like podcasters.
2: Mike. We're like Madonna.
0: Um, the light fixture that goes up into that wall uh-huh. is going to be really, really cool. And our, our, our wall guy is coming to finish the front area so that these front walls look like the canyon wall that's in dining room, too. So, once everything starts to look like that over yeah. here, then, like, you know, <laughs> it'll get it'll get a lot nicer.
1: Hey, we're about to start voicing this thing if you're interested. Oh, hell yeah. So you're okay. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, yeah. Let me set uh, my phone up. I'll do it. to time lapse you. there he is. Just... Okay, so 15 foot tall wood panel has. Wires on it, and it's about to go from horizontal to vertical. And he's setting up his phone. You gotta do what you gotta do.
1: You can see Muser's picture of hoisting the 800-pound wooden wall on Ever's Instagram.
0: As we've all seen, everyone run to the Zoom and run to the conference calls. Instagram Live is like, we were talking about this on my podcast the other day. Like, I watch Instagram now like a television channel. All my favorite stand-up comics are going live. Yeah. They're doing stupid shit out of their houses, but it makes me laugh, and they're funny people in general. So, and uh, it's been cool to see how some of the restaurants have started to, you know, kind of work their magic from an online perspective, posting videos and posting Instagram live chats, and and so on and so forth. Ah, oh, Frenchy, you must be French. Yeah, so we get a small delivery. So one of the cool parts about these walls, because we did want them to have some acoustic value, because the the obvious intention here, they're on rollers, right? These slat walls slide. You have to push them. You can't pull them because they're too heavy. (laughs) But they have little, in between those slats, they have little pieces of clear plexiglass. Uh, And you cannot, they are virtually invisible because of the nature of how close the millwork is together. So they're so tiny, you never really see, but they will have an acoustic value to them. They'll, they'll be able to keep activity in that room into that room. The goal was never to shut it off from the rest of the restaurant. You know, we have a private dining room for that reason, but private dining rooms like ours, they have limits. You know, you don't really want to stuff more than 12 people in one of those things. They kind of tend to... Just by their very nature of how many people you're going to put in them, they lose that intimacy and they start to uh, feel banquety. Uh, so this was our answer to that: um, that if there were a request for a number above that number, that we'd be able to adequately put them in a room where they could, where it would still be what we do in terms of service and how we get them. Yeah, but back to what we were talking about before. I mean, we, any, any one of us that's been to one of those bigger restaurants, right? Uh, uh, the big steakhouses or whatever, we, we've just, we've all had those experiences. Six to eight people at a relatively smaller table than six to eight, you know, at a five top, everyone's crammed in. Rooms on Saturday night, fully packed with patrons, tables slammed. I, What is going to happen to that model? You know, what the impact for somebody like us, assuming we get this thing open and restaurants are allowed to do their thing, you know, we can muddle along at lower covers. It's kind of what we're built to do. Um, but if you and I have a restaurant where we've built, it's custom, sit sitting at like six to 800 covers on a Friday or a Saturday night, and you and I both know restaurants that do those numbers.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, what does the, the future
0: look like for that business that. model?
2: Yeah, no, I see about somebody like Gibson's Italian. I went to a while back. I mean, you're packed you're next to people like Sardines the whole time. Dude, that's part of what you go for is to pe- feel part of that activity.
0: I don't want to make anybody mad, but like a year or so ago, I had dinner at Chicago Cut. I mean, the service pattern reminded me of medieval times. <laughs> there are just like waiters walking around, jersey claw and Bordeaux glasses, just shimmying their way in between two guest chairs, you know? their butt just rubbing against the back of somebody's head because they're just trying to get to a table i don't know how much i think that's gone yeah i think that's gone
2: or at least gone. until we're out of this yeah and if your economics are built on that number of tables, what does that do to you
0: if your rent reflects the need to do 800 covers a night you know what i mean if your if your pro forma was based on well we need to do five to seven hundred a night and then we're gonna win because rent's 60 grand a month or whatever it is. All of that is gonna have to get re examined, readjusted, looked at differently. Business models are most definitely going to change. Has to. Eh. Again, we don't know anything. We don't know what any regulation will look like, if it looks like, if they happen, will they happen, when they open restaurants, will they limit covers into a dining room? How can they limit covers? They just have to say how many people. What are they gonna do, go restaurant to restaurant and say, okay, you're gonna- Are they gonna work up some crazy algorithm? We know how those get all fucked up. At, you know, X amount of square footage gives you X amount of capacity. Well, rooms are cut up differently. I got over six thousand square feet here, but if you've seen this kitchen, it eats up like fifty percent of the square footage. Ain't no guessing there. It's just workers.
1: So, well, it's not just regulation. It's
2: people. How are they going to feel? Yeah. Are you know? Do you want to be jammed next to other people there? No. Right. I you want your space room. for at least a while.
0: Uh, and 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 I'm interested. What do you think about this? You follow this thought experiment, right? If the city and the state regulates and limits the number of people that can be at these rooms that will limit the ability for people to come into these rooms we're often i often think of things from the tour side because we're built to just want more covers and do more because it's just such a survival business i think there is a side to this that will make a reservation at a restaurant one of the hottest commodities in the city because there will be limited available right if restaurants well, yeah, but there, I, I foresee, uh, again, we're assuming the demand just evaporates and or they're so scared that they don't want to come out. I know a lot of people that are just dying to come out, a lot, and have a dinner somewhere. And I'm just saying that there is a chance that like, you might call me up one night and go, holy lord user, I got a reservation at RPM Italian. Holy shit, I, I've been trying for weeks and I finally got one. Because those restaurants, possibly, in this thought experiment, will only be able to accept a set number of reservations for the evening. They'll be limited, they'll be limited. and And, and the ability to get one and
2: go out and have a nice dinner is, well, you know, the one I think of, too, is like Kiko. I had a reservation for Kiko for the beginning of this month. So, of course, I didn't go to Kiko. Right. And if it's, I mean, I haven't even been inside there, so I don't know. It if it's just like a sushi bar setup. up, how does that work in this world? Totally. Because we're all crammed together at the bar watching the guy work two feet away from us. How does that happen? How does that work? Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, so you have less capacity in Kiko, which was already a hard ticket anyway. I mean, that, yeah, that will be
0: If uh, I owned a sushi bar, I'd call whoever installed those plexiglass pieces at Home Depot, and I'd be like, give me a wall of those, I'll take a wall. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because now when you go to Home Depot, they have these really cool plexiglass windows in between you and your cashier person. You might see those at sushi who knows?
2: Well, you've got to see it between you and the next person. The, the next people sitting there. Exactly. Or you just wear your magazine. Yeah. Like Larry <laughs> David, and no one will sit by you. And, and no one will, there. yeah,
0: they'll avoid you. Point is, what you and I are both reiterating is there's so much mystery to come. We've got no idea how we're going to end up having to behave, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of question marks in front of it but again I have to fall back on the idea like who if not if we're not the ones that know how to do this safely and properly then who and by we I mean all of us all, all of us all of my friends in all of these restaurants they're fucking really good at what they do so if you're going to go out and eat food with some of these we're uh, we are the people that are supposed to be able to do that in a very safe and a you know in a very proper way just waiting to see what the new rules will be. If there will be any, who knows? Maybe there won't be any rules. Maybe they will just be like, yeah, they're open and uh, have a good time. I'm not feeling like that, but. <laughs>
2: and, don't, and, and don't cough on
0: anybody. And, and here, yeah, the other one, will waiters wear masks now?
2: Yeah.
0: How, you know what I mean? Will a captain walk up to a table and say, good evening. How are you? Welcome. We're so excited to have you. I'm this a, is such an amazing. the Red Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ninja, your waiter tonight. This is, you know, these are these are my coworkers, fellow ninjas, and uh, you know, yeah, it, it'll it'll it's it's a very different thing to envision in my head because again, we're hospitality people. We're 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 built to make the connect, and masks for me is a hard thing for me to do. It removes me from that. So, uh, yeah. Well, waiters have masks. Well. Will we be limited in covers? Will guests want to come into restaurants ever again? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. These are the things that keep me up. All night. All night.
2: So if the world were normal, how long till opening from this point?
0: Six weeks. Eight weeks, six to eight. If the world were normal. Part of the... Unique aspects for us on the construction side, not only did we have to limit intensely, do have to limit how many guys we have here at one time. So that's gonna slow the process down. There are a dozen independent shops making things for your project and you have no control over them at all whatsoever. They all shut down too for like three solid weeks. The guy building the PDR table, the hardware for all of the bathroom doors, the handles and all the widgets that go in that and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it caused, you know, it was like a, right when it was all happening, man, those were really dark times because you were just on the phone all day and not everybody handled it all that well, you know, I got to see a rainbow of reactions to it. Some people were just, I mean, losing it, you know, just freaking out, total freak out. Um, and other people were kind of like, okay, you know, this is <laughs> let's just take, everyone take a deep breath and we'll get through this full by bit. So that was a unique aspect was that it slowed us down construction-wise. I would say from where we sit now, you know, we're, if times were normal, six to eight weeks, but it could be longer than that. This COVID process has taught me not to really trust any of those. Anybody tells you anything right now, it's like, well, we'll, you know, okay.
2: Well, I think another thing too is we've all kind of shrunk our lives to what's achievable. I mean, it's all these people cooking at home and all that stuff. It's like I'm just going kind to of focus on this thing that I know I can do because I'm not in charge of making a vaccine. But you are in charge of a big thing, if not a vaccine. So,
0: yeah, not coming to the site, not coming here was not as not an odd. Like you know what I mean? There, it's yeah. There's a, there were a lot of things that I had to continue to get done and. What is it when you, uh, in AA, right? Where it's like, I will control the things. Or what, what do they say? Like, I will worry about the shit I can control and not worry about the shit I can't control. And really that's what this has been about. You know, okay, fine. We have 60 things that we need to do today. And 50 of those things are completely, uh, we can't. What are the 10 things we can actually control today? And let's focus on those. And yeah, when you run out of those, go play video games, but stay vigilant. And when the other things come back online, (laughs) jump on those. You know, it's, it's been a test of patience for which, as you know, I I don't have a lot of patience.
2: I'm usually poorly suited.
0: I am, yeah, it's not, anyone that knows me knows that patience is not a strong suit of mine. Um, And I like to say the word now a lot and that's not something you can say during the COVID time. Nothing is now. Everything is, you know, let's see, let's wait. You know, as soon as this person gets back and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. And also, too, you know, Zoom is great and conference calls are great. But when you're dealing with the complexity of this kind of stuff, you got to all be in the same room. You know, you got five guys going, well, you know, the six wires and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Come on. It, it, we're... Everyone's got to be staring at the six wires to go. It's that one right there. Pull that one, plug that one up or whatever. So it's been challenging in that sense. Six to eight weeks if the world were normal, but it ain't, you know, like everyone else, we're waiting to hear from the city as to what the new set of terms will be for restaurants to come back online. But I will say that My anticipation of some of those regulations, I mean, we're kind of built for those. You know, we're kind of built for them. And economic times being what they be, we'll weather those, we always, you know, come on, you know, jump on the roller coaster ride, here we go. We'll be sold for a while, fine. We'll weather it, you know.
2: I think it won't be because of I mean, if you're slow, it's because people are freaked out about restaurants in general. Agreed. You know, you're obviously number one on the hottest openings of spring, whoops, summer, maybe fall of 2020. But, uh, you know, will people feel comfortable in a big room? I mean, it's probably, this is where you have to get your story out about it being socially distanced by design within the restaurant. Totally. But also,
0: too, I would remind... I think we'll all have to jump on this bandwagon a little bit, that we as restaurateurs and restaurant professionals need to do a really good job of reminding the general public, hi, we are your food professionals. We are the ones that go to school every year and have credentials that we have to maintain all the time. We're the best at serving you food safely. I understand everyone's very trepidatious right now and I I, I get it, we're all there. Just explain it to me. But we need to start to remind people as best we can that this is exactly what we do. Serving people food safely is my job. It's all of our jobs. It's fucking what we do as a profession. So uh, we'll just have to be really good at making sure that the guest knows. You know, like in our room sometimes, you know, we we do... Uh, you know, we're always in the business of finding sexy service moves to make in a dining room like, you know A captain putting a serviette behind their back while they're at the table and a back waiter flying by them like Tom Cruise buzzing the tower and snatching that napkin from their backside and The captain never removes focus from the client. They're always talking to the client and that person just you know what I mean? Like little sexy moments sometimes we do moments like that make them more obvious so that the client can see and i think that on the safety front moving forward we just have to do a really good job of making those moves that the client can see and digest and go that's awesome look at all that i get to wash my hands i get to this on the other da, 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 da. And look at the staff look how the staff stays constantly in border of whatever rules and regulations
1: Thanks for listening to Food it or Radio is all dressed up and has no place to go. And thanks to my guest Michael Muser. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Please subscribe to Food it or radio at the podcast app of your choice and consider leaving a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts to help other people discover it too. Thanks.